Brought to you by Business Fights Poverty. Hello and welcome to Business Fights Poverty's Social Impact Pioneers podcast series. I am Katie Heisen, Director of Thought Leadership. These interviews with social impact pioneers provide you with insights, different perspectives, advice, and maybe a little inspiration, giving you first-hand understanding of how businesses and others are tackling some of the world's biggest social challenges so that you can learn from those who have been there before, helping you in your decision-making and action-taking. There are approximately 400 million SMEs, which are small and medium-sized enterprises, globally. They make up the backbone of economies around the world. And therefore, their founders, the entrepreneurs who are behind them, are critical to our success. But how can people within these organisations help to tackle, or indeed stay resilient to, social and environmental challenges? Meet Andy. Andy is not a person, but the Aspen Network of Development Entrepreneurs. And their executive director is Richenda Van Leeuwen. Richenda is my guest today, and she's going to share her deep knowledge with us. So if you are in a small business, you're an entrepreneur, or you want to support small businesses to tackle some of the world's most pressing issues, this podcast is for you. Richenda is going to share the big picture and then get super practical for us. She's got tried and tested advice for you. Her unique view as the executive director of Andy of smaller businesses around the world is pretty special. And she's going to tell us what she's seeing. So without further ado, Richenda, welcome. So Richenda, I wanted to start our conversation today with a bit about yourself. What has brought you to being the executive director of Andy? So I've been with the Aspen Network of Development Entrepreneurs for the last two years, um, really coming from a background of many years, more than I care to admit, of having worked in the international development arena in a number of different settings, working at the intersection for many years of of business uh, policy, sustainable development, and and also specifically working for many years on renewable energy issues. And so, what Andy does is, from a personal perspective, is really working at the confluence of a lot of different areas that I believe I have something to offer in and have really made um, the focus of my career of of, of really helping to bring private sector thinking, private sector solutions to bear on big global and social challenges that we are working with, like, like working on the sustainable development goals. So no mean feat then. And I wanted to, to lean into those challenges, really. I mean, we are staring down the barrel of some pretty massive social and environmental challenges, that sort of confluence of climate change, the lack of financing for women-led businesses, the lack of financing for small businesses, which arguably each deserve much more than one single podcast. But Richinda, I wanted to just pick up on you. You're looking at specifically tackling 
that combination head on. What does that actually mean in practice? Well, we're, we're structured as a member network. So we, we work with a lot of small business intermediary organizations that are tackling some piece of what we call the entrepreneurial ecosystem and really finding ways to sort, support small businesses that are wanting to grow. So whether it's access to capital or access to technical assistance, whether it's incubation or acceleration, those are represented um, within our network which is working across 10 different countries, eight chapters across much of Asia, Africa, and Latin America as well, including Central America. And so we're really looking at how we can be bringing a focus specifically on helping entrepreneurs have the opportunity to succeed wherever they are in the world. That's really my vision, which is that you could be an entrepreneur anywhere in the world and have the access to finance and have the tools to help support you to have the best possible chance to succeed. So we've done a lot of work at Andy over the years looking at where the big challenges are. So there are the thorny issues like climate change, and we, we see it's here and now, and we have to uh, take action to bring innovations, to bring solutions, to help where we can to mitigate the, the, the challenges of, of, uh, of our over-reliance on fossil fuels. At the same time, we have to adapt to what we can't mitigate and we need to build resilience. And building that resilience is very much also at local level as well as at national level. And that really means bringing those resources, bringing those opportunities, bringing that technical support, bringing that financing to local communities, to local entrepreneurs, to be able to help them to more quickly bring their solutions into the marketplace and, and, and help to do what they can in the local level and, and at national level to, to solve some of these big challenges. At the same time, we've also seen that there have been some systemic issues for many years. We conducted a five-year survey of globally of accelerators and found, uh, it's called the Gali and Gali.org is, is, is the website. And we found that systemically, Women entrepreneurs going through acceleration services do not come out as far ahead as male entrepreneurs do while going through those programs, not because there's any intrinsic issue with their business case or, or their ability to, to be entrepreneurial, but because there are still systemic barriers in place for those women entrepreneurs. So on the one hand, we are trying to really highlight the fact that women entrepreneurs face more obstacles and therefore being intentional in bringing um, what we call gender lens perspectives to help bring that investment to them is critical at the same time as we are fighting these other um, challenges like uh, addressing climate change, as well as helping to support decent opportunities for jobs and, and local economic development um, in the markets where we're operating. And for anybody listening, I'll make sure I put a link to that survey into the words that sit alongside the podcast. But um, Richenda, I mean, just as you say, those are systemic challenges that still hold potential back as much as anything. When we're looking at such huge social environmental issues, you think, you know, we've got to clear the path and, and make it happen. And I, I wanted to lean in for a moment into one of those particular elements that you mentioned around investment and finance. We hear again and again that the sustainable development goals or the big social environmental issues need money. And you were then talking a lot about 
you know, how those social entrepreneurs really have solutions. How can you, or what are you seeing in terms of driving that investment into the places that's needed? What's holding everyone back and and how can we address it? Well, I think that the good news is that we are seeing that there is a lot of investment. So it's not sufficient yet, but a lot is happening. So so we we first of all need to say, you know, there is momentum. It's moving. It's just not moving quickly enough. In terms of the work that we do with the small and growing business sector, we will see, we will say that we still see often a lack of local capital. There's a lot of foreign capital, but a lot of challenges for entrepreneurs are actually because they need locally denominated capital rather than bringing in, so for example, US dollars. And that that's a challenge because of currency fluctuations that can really create additional difficulties for entrepreneurs. So I would say one of the things that we should see, you know, through whether it's through the Green Climate Fund or through other mechanisms that are trying to bring climate finance or other types of um, financial solutions that we still need, and we're hearing it from the entrepreneurs in in the countries where we operate all the time, particularly that locally denominated capital. And that that is certainly something where we we do see that markets are moving. Some are moving faster than others. We also see that over the last 10 years, the impact investment movement has really matured, and there is a lot more recognition of the role of impact investment, particularly in terms of helping to support entrepreneurs. But we still see that oftentimes the investors are in the capital cities. And if you're an entrepreneur in a secondary city, you may not have the same access to investment or technical assistance as you do in in the capital city in a country. One of the things that has changed somewhat during COVID is we all had to pivot. And we have seen a lot of focus on digitalization including digitalization of business development services. And so that does mean that that in some of the countries where we have members, that they have been able to devise new ways to provide business development curriculum, for example, through tech services that have been adapted for people who don't have smartphones in Nigeria. One of our members was able to deliver curriculum content through through text on on, on uh, people's cell phones in very remote parts of the country where those people would not be able to have the time to come and sit in the classroom and actually take a sort of a business development training program. We've seen also some of the benefits of digitalization also being that women entrepreneurs who still have to do their, perhaps take care of a household, can access training services outside of of class hours. So we've seen some We've seen some innovation happening over the last several years by necessity um, through through COVID, but we're not necessarily seeing that same level of innovation in terms of actually the the financing to help underwrite the the business expansion. And that's where I think we need to be very intentional in terms of helping to look beyond the the centers of, of, of financial markets and sort of really help to say we recognize you know that you can be an entrepreneur anywhere as i said earlier but you need that access to not only to that that the capital is there but that it's affordable it's in the right denomination whether you need equity whether you need convertible debt and on terms that are uh, manageable to you as an entrepreneur and this is something i've seen particularly over the last 15 years i was uh, an early investor in the renewable energy sector 
working particularly with a lot of early off-grid renewable energy solutions providers. And, and we have seen very much a, a shift in, in that um, arena over the last 15 years as people have become more familiar with the technology, as they've become more familiar with the business models, and as they've also become more familiar with what is the sort of the, the right size of the return expectation if you're an investor, we, we, we've seen some maturity in that market. Some of the other areas where we're working with very new technologies, I think there is not yet still that track record or that, that comfort yet with what does that look like in a particular sector. And so sometimes local investors are more risk averse in putting their capital into what seemed to be an unknown quantity of, of a business model. Uh, much as international investors, I will say too, often are as well. And so that's where we need to be able to use the work that we do at Andy and, and beyond to, to share lessons learned, to share best practices, to share knowledge about what are we seeing in the marketplace, what is working, what kinds of business models are succeeding, what kinds of intermediary programs are really, really helping those businesses to become investment ready and then being able to connect them to those resources to be able to grow as well. Wow, that answer was packed full of such important insight. And I will make sure once again to link uh, you guys with anybody who's listening and wants to find out more or indeed unlock some of that Andy insight for themselves. Richenda, you're sitting in a really unique position being able to see so many emerging economic solutions to big social environmental challenges. I get this sort of sense of positivity from you, but we are recording this just before the UN General Assembly in 2022. And I was just thinking as you were talking, how far away are we really from being able to achieve those sustainable development goals that were set for 2030? It, there seems to be this sort of disconnect between you know, what you hear in the news and the disasters are rolling it on in and the opportunity and the solutions that are potentially there, but perhaps aren't unlocked. So how far away do you think we are? Well, first of all, I think if we don't do anything, we will stay far away. So we, we, we need to be optimistic because we need to be activists. We need to be taking action. We need to be continuing that momentum. One of the things I really like about being in the sector is we are seeing innovation and we're, we're helping that innovation come to the market. And if possible, we're helping to shorten the time frame by which we can actually get those innovations embedded into societies. And that's super important for us because when we did the study of um, global acceleration four years ago, we actually saw that there were only 25 climate accelerators outside of OECD markets. So when we're talking about the world going net zero by 2050 or 2060, we actually also need to make sure that we have that architecture set up and in place to be able to help make that happen. So we don't just think about the transactions. We don't just think about where we're putting our money, but we also think about, are we investing in that enabling ecosystem that is actually going to be able to support those solutions to get them embedded in the markets? And that's really where, where Andy is coming in and saying, we still need more acceleration. We still need more incubation. We still need more of these services. We've got these great service providers. We've got these amazing entrepreneurs. We have such an asset, particularly with, with youth and young people bringing their inspiration, their ideas, their passion, their energy. 
and we need to be capitalizing that and making sure that we are providing those support services to help them have the best opportunity to succeed. So yes, on the one hand, you could say, well, we're far away from, from the sustainable development goals in certain areas. I will say, having worked on Sustainable Development Goal 7 um, for many years uh, through Sustainable Energy for All and with the United Nations Foundation, we have made tremendous progress in that area over the last 10 years. We still have about 600 million people in sub-Saharan Africa without access to electricity, but there's a lot of momentum, there's a lot of movement there. We still need more work in, in that regard on uh, clean cooking solutions, but again, there's a lot going on there. And I think there's a lot of innovation now and financial innovation and recognition of the ecosystem of support that's required to help those entrepreneurs to succeed. So I will always be positive. We, we are making progress. We just recognize that we need multiples of funding and also that the goals are a moving target as well in some cases. Gender equality have some amazing um, successes. We have also been doing programming at Andy specifically looking at the combination of women entrepreneurs addressing climate change, because one of the things that the, the SDGs are not 17 separate goals, they're really intertwined. And I think one of our key points right now is, yes, you can fight climate change. And at the same time, you can be supporting women's leadership. And we've been holding a program uh, for African women climate entrepreneurs and really working through a number of intermediaries to support those women entrepreneurs and help them to succeed. So, so we shouldn't sort of think of the SDGs as, as isolated goals, but really what can we be doing? Where can we be creating those synergies among them? And I think through bringing together that support for the creativity of small business entrepreneurs and making sure they have those supports to help them succeed is one way that we can do that very successfully. Oh, your energy and enthusiasm is palpable. I'm, I'm ready to pick up pick up my, my tools and, and lean in and come and help. And I, I want to pick up on that one particularly for you, which is let's get really practical for a minute in terms of advice. You have been with Andy for a couple of years, but as you say, you've been working on the, in this space for quite some time and, and so has Andy. What would be your pragmatic, practical advice, appreciating that actually everything is very nuanced? Perhaps for social, a, a sort of wannabe or, or burgeoning social entrepreneur who's might be listening, but also potentially for somebody who's thinking about investing in this space or, or managing funds in this space, what would be your practical advice from everything that you've learned so far? Well, I'd be very happy to have the conversation with them. So they're always welcome to come and talk to us or potentially join us at, at, at andyglobal.org. Certainly that that's that's a very pragmatic way forward. I think there are a lot of resources out there. So utilize the resources that are available. There's, there's a lot being done in terms of looking at priority areas, looking at who's, who's in there. If you're an, a new investor, Andy actually offers an investment manager training program really to help look at some of these questions about, well, how can I invest as an impact investor with a climate lens or with a gender lens? There's a lot of movement in that regard. There's a great initiative called Gender Smart, which is holding a, a conference actually in London um, next month as well, really looking at gender lens investing. So I would encourage them to, to educate themselves and, and to really look at where, the, where others are moving. And particularly if they're newer to it, then 
use some of the tools that are available and, and network like crazy um, to, to learn and, and hear about what's best in class and also where people are not going. There does tend to be a focus often on uh, a lot of a lot of attention to certain sectors, uh, while others that are absolutely necessary maybe not not getting the same level of of support and attention. Uh, in the energy space, I will say, you know, renewable energy has got a lot more support. Energy efficiency, which is absolutely needed, still tends to be more difficult to to get investors excited about it. Um, but nonetheless, it's it's 100% hand in hand uh, needed um, uh, demand reduction alongside the provision of of new uh, new new renewable energy power. So, so those are some of the things that just off the top of my head, I, I would uh, I would suggest. Cool, and and once again, I will put pop those links in. Richard, I I wondered whether I could ask about those trends that you're seeing that perhaps others aren't seeing. You mentioned there about the demand reduction for energy. Are there other things that you would that you're perhaps seeing across your workspace and emerging trends that that you'd like to flag up for us today? I think one of them that I'm seeing is is a real increasing focus and reflection about partly in in the United States where I where I currently live and and have lived for many years diversity, equity, and inclusion, and especially the inclusion piece, um, we're seeing now more focus and rightly much more focus on who is still underserved. So some work we've been doing over the last couple of years in South Africa has really been focusing on township economies. What are the dynamics of the economies of people who are living in, in townships, who are running businesses, small businesses, many of which are still informal businesses. So they're not necessarily even reflected sort of as part of the whole, but, but recognizing um, that there are both, both a, there's a tremendous dynamism there, but there are still some system, systemic barriers that need to be addressed to help overcome that. And we have a wonderful colleague in Andy in South Africa who leads our work in South Africa. Her name is Sakai Chiwandamira. And she has been with her team just doing some Tremendous work helping to elevate the dynamics of township economies, even with the presidency of South Africa, to help bring more policy solutions, to bring more resources so that they can actually have greater opportunity to grow their business and and succeed further. So I would say that that equity piece, particularly in highly in, in, in societies like South Africa and Brazil, where we also work with high levels of inequity in the society, that is a trend that I think is, is really important because even if the country as a whole has become a middle-income country, you are still finding that there are places, whether it's demographics or whether it's geographies in India, certainly um, there's some intentionality now about bringing investment resources to underserved parts of the country. One of our members, Selco Foundation, is working with entrepreneurs in the northeast of the country which has less focus from impact investment. So I would say that that's a very encouraging trend as well, which, which is looking with that intentionality of, even if this is a country where generally speaking, there are a lot of entrepreneurial resources, are there certain parts of the population who are still underserved? And how can we be elevating the dynamics of, of what they are doing? And often it's just amazing work and helping to bring those services to support them. Amazing. And um, for anybody listening, we are about to um, go into the Global Goals Summit with Business Fights Poverty. And one of the sessions on the Tuesday 
is specifically looking at social entrepreneurs, funnily enough, in South Africa and uh, Brazil. Uh, this wasn't a setup, I promise. Um, alongside uh, Reckitt, and in their case, looking at uh, water and, and sanitation and really scaling that. So if you're interested in this topic, do take a listen and have a check that out. There's also a ton of stuff around uh, diversity, equity and inclusion, partnering with the IFC on that. I will pop the links uh, into the words that sit alongside this podcast. My final question there for you today, Richenda, is what's next for you? What are you working on and, and what should everybody be aware of? So we're we're doing a lot, and uh, what we're really working on is continuing to build this network of like-minded partners, uh, whether you're a member of Andy or not, but really focusing on how can we be helping to address these systemic challenges? How can we be moving markets further, faster? How can we be bringing more resources to bear, particularly for climate action? I mean, I will say in countries' nationally determined contribution roadmaps, there is not that much focus on small businesses. And yet small businesses are in many countries, including even here in the United States, 90% of businesses. So they are part of the solution and they need to be given that attention to be able to maximize their um, solution potential as bringing those innovations into different markets and bringing those goods and services. So we, we continue to be very much focused on, yes, the climate piece, um, doing a lot of work around gender equality, some very exciting work with, with, with partners in different parts of the world, coming up with, with quite different solutions and approaches, but nonetheless, all helping to contribute towards SDG 5. And very much also looking at how, how we can be continuing to to see how these trends are emerging um, and, and then try and, and get ahead of them with, 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 our, with our members in tailoring services that will actually help to really move, move markets beyond where they would go naturally, I think is, is how I'd put it. Again, you know, this sort of idea that you can be an entrepreneur anywhere. We're still far from that. We, we still, you know, it's, it's a lot harder in some countries to be a business person. You have a much of a much more of an uphill battle to start your own company in some countries than in others. But I think this is, this is a concerted effort. You know, we, 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 we see so many opportunities that we can help to bring people together to solve problems. And that's really what we're in the business of doing. Oh, well, on that note, a massive, massive good luck and all our support with your amazing work and everything that Andy does. Uh, Ritenda, thank you very much for giving your time so graciously to us today. Thank you very much as well. And, uh, you know, I think we've got a lot to do for the SDGs and it's exciting that we can bring opportunity and bring small business solutions to help with um, meeting these challenging goals. And if you like what you've heard today, please do rate and subscribe to us. I would also love to hear your feedback. So please do drop me a line at any time. I'm Katie at businessfightspoverty.org. Many thanks. Brought to you by Business Fights Poverty.